You know, you, you, have, you have something great on the inside, but it requires you following it. Let's open our Bibles this evening or this morning to Luke chapter 4. Some of this may sound like a little bit of a review, but I kind of sense that this is my heart that this is the direction that we're supposed to go. Sometimes you get into services like this and you almost feel like you're praying, Lord, okay, I got my message, but if you want me to, and you almost feel like, um, I don't know if you guys ever grew up playing some of these games growing up, but, but when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're riding, the, you're riding your bike down a hill and it's starting to go too fast and it's starting to wobble, and so what do you do? You bail. You jump off the bike. And sometimes just being a pastor is the same way. You get a message and you're like, I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if this is going to, it's starting to shake. You want to bail off of it right away. And sometimes the Lord says, don't, 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 don't bail. Sometimes he'll say, stay put. And sometimes he won't give you anything even when you, you show up to church. But this ain't one of the messages. This isn't one of them church messages where you show up and even the pastor don't know what's going to happen. I like to say I, I wouldn't uh, want to know everything they have. But sometimes God will take you out of what's, what makes you secure. You hear what I said? And bring you to a place of faith, which makes you, which can make you feel insecure. But it's a place of faith. It's a place where it's not you trusting in your own ability. It's you relying on the mere fact that he is speaking to you. Just like what Pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Melina just, I was going to call you Pastor Nancy. Maybe that's prophetic. Maybe that's by the spirit. Um, like what she just shared with you, shared with us, but she said something to the effect that he didn't know. Uh, Abraham didn't know. He didn't know what he was going to do. He just got, he just saddled that donkey in the morning. I don't worry, I'm not going to spit on you. He, he just rose up early in the morning. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know. He just, he just followed God. And sometimes when you, when you're following the presence of God, it requires you operating with what you do know. And notice he didn't hesitate. He didn't confer, keep conferring with God. He didn't keep, he didn't continue to struggle with, with, with the, with what he was, what, with what the assignment was. And now when you read over in the book of Matthew, and we're not going to turn there yet because we're, gonna, we're, we're, here, we're here already at Luke chapter 4. But if you read in Matthew prior to Jesus' walk going into the wilderness, we, we notice in, in the book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter, we, we, we notice it. here's Jesus and he has to, he has to become baptized. God himself demonstrating to you and I that he must fulfill all righteousness. And when he did that, when he stepped out and he did that, then he was full with the spirit. Then he was full with the spirit. But I want you to point out being full with the oh, Praise God. I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew, Luke chapter 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they ended, he afterward was hungry. Say, he was hungered. That means if you're hungry, if the Bible says you're hungry, guess what? You're hungry. You haven't eaten in a while. So there's some natural things that are at work. Sometimes when you're full of God and you've, you've done some things and you've, sometimes there's natural forces that are already working on you that, that, make you, that can make you feel tired, that can be pulling on you in a, in a different way, right? And the devil said unto him, if you're the son of God, again, you know, same, it's the same, it's always the same trick with, it's always, always the same trick with the devil. 
always the same trick. If, you, if you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, why don't you go do this? If, if you have faith, why don't you go do this? If, if, if you're a person of faith, why isn't this not happening? Right? Because that's how the devil likes to come at. He always comes from a sophisticated way of merchandising and selling to you his, 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 uh, his loaded, how shall I say, his loaded, um, his loaded bill of goods. You don't know everything that goes with what he's selling you. Adam and Eve didn't know everything they were going to get when they, when, they, when they bought into the, you're going to be wise as God. He, they didn't know. They didn't know what they were buying into. They didn't know when they accepted those bill of goods what it was going to cost them. Not, and I'm going to tell you, most of the church doesn't know when they compromise what they're getting when they've compromised. They don't know. They don't know what they signed up for. And far, far too often, it's sort of like you sign up for, you sort of like you go up into, like you go into a cell phone store and you buy this, like this lower market brand and, and you buy it and you're like, uh, and all of a sudden it becomes a nightmare because you didn't know what you bought into. Well, didn't you read the warranty? But yeah, but it's like three pages wide. You just hit accept and you're, you're, you, there's no way you're going to read five pages of stuff, right? Of their stuff because they're all you, all in your mind is I just need a cheap phone. But you, you find out your, your privacy is given away. You find out you've, you've, uh, you're, you're, you've, you've uh, mortgaged your first child somehow. You, you don't know all that's getting, all that's involved. It's loaded. See, when the devil comes at you, he comes in with a loaded manner. It's, it's, it's not something that seems that's, that's, it's, it's a, an easy out. Here's the easy out. Turn this to, to food. You need it. You know you need it. You know you're hungry. He always likes to operate with what you, what you in your mind think you need. Well, let that simmer in there for a while. Let it just kind of stick in there. It's always what you need. That, in, that immediate gratification of what you have to have. Sometimes delayed gratification is the best reward. Not getting, not getting everything that you see, not getting everything you want. Sometimes waiting. Sometimes getting out of debt. So, sometimes just allowing yourself to just, you know, I'm going to trust God and bless God. I'm going I'm to leave the consequences to him because I'm going to live right. I'm going to do right. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the world pull on me anymore. Hear me, young ones. Hear me, kids. You're, you're, every day you're going to be offered something. Every day you're going to be offered something. You're going to be offered a different way to go. Opposite of what, how your parents raised you every day. Every day. And, and he'll, the devil always tell you something small. Yeah. Oh, look at mom. She always, liked, she always liked her a little bit more than me. And look at him. He, he, you know, he's better looking than me. And it's not fair. And, and the devil's, and he's telling you this. Yeah. And, you're, and you're going, yeah, you're right. It's not fair. Uh-huh. And you think you're thinking that. Yeah. And you, I always used to think that. No, you were being sold something, even when you were little. Every since you were little, you were being fed something. And it was always there to try to get you off, try to pull you away. Right. Get you away. Get you distracted. Well, you've always, you've always liked to, you know, he'll tell you, well, you've always liked that. And they'll tell you, oh, you like that. Or it'll try to muddy what your feelings and what your emotions are. So later on, when it's time to really sell you, well, you know, ever since you were little, you used to think this way. Well, you know, ever since I was little, I always wanted to steal candy. Does that make me a thief today? No. Ever since I was little, I wanted to punch the other boys in the school. Does that make me want to be a brute and fight everybody? Well, if you only, only when I watch TV, I'm going to just tell you that. 
you watch politics, you want to hit a few people, right? <laughs> but here you are, you're being sold something. I said, you're being sold something. So you get to ask them, what am I being sold? Why is it being sold to me? What's the cost of this? Here, we don't, we forget there's a cost to these things. And, and sometimes I don't think once we buy some things, we, we don't really understand. It's sort of like one of those little check companies. Well, what do you mean now I'm going to owe you more than what I borrowed? Yeah. 20%, 30% more. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean I have to work for you now and I'm a slave to you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we, we've got to really think about how we think. Yeah. Because not how we think is what is, is all us. Not ever you think is you thinking. The Bible talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. Fiery darts. They're fiery because they're loaded. They're loaded. And when their job is to burn, singe, destroy, kill, take away, take you out, discourage you, thwart you, keep you, if, if not slow you down, keep you at bay. So, so to keep you from progressing. Every one of us ought to be progressing with our faith. Everyone. We all should be progressing with our faith. Every one of us should be growing daily with our faith. The faith that we had uh, today should not be the faith that we had yesterday. Because our faith matters. Our faith's important. We, we ought to treasure and value that our, our faith is something that we build daily. Either we build or we're tearing it down. That's right. You mean I can tear my faith down? Yeah, you can tear your faith down. By doing things or saying things you shouldn't be doing. That's right. Well, can you, can you give me some examples? Yeah, you go to work and you say something that, that's gruff to somebody else or you do something to try to manipulate yourself in front of someone else to maybe jockey for a position. Rather than let God be your, the one that promotes you. Rather than let people see your good works. That you're not trying to undercut other folks. So you see, that's how the devil works. He undercuts. He tries to take power from somebody to get power for himself. That's his bill of goods. And notice people operate like that all the time. The church, the church people of the church, they operate the same way all the time. They want the same positions. They want the same roles. They want the importance. To, well, I, I just want to be just as important, you know, as so-and-so. And, 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 and they seem like their favorite. There is no favorites in the kingdom. There is no favorites. There's just people doing their part, being who God called them to be. Be who God called you to be. You're the most anointed person is you being you being you. Yes, yes, that's right. I can't be anointed doing someone else's, doing someone else's, playing someone else's role. I cannot be successful being you. There's some of you who have skills and talents that I couldn't do. I'd probably be there for five minutes doing it and get frustrated and say, I quit. Because I'm not geared for that. So you gotta be you gotta be happy with what how God has built you and made you. That's right. That's right. And we get frustrated and we get pulled off the, we get pulled off the path of that God has assigned us because we get frustrated with the with the assignment. We like we it's not we we want it to be bigger than than it is. Hmm. Ain't that interesting? 
Satan, selling a bill of goods. If you're the son of God, you ain't never going to be safe. If you really are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, if he's questioning you whether or not you are who you are, that means he's, he already knows who he is. He ain't a whole much lot of anything. I want you, I'm going to read something I wrote here last night, but I, it was important for me to write it down because I'm going, to, I'm going to preach off of this here in a minute. I want you all to pay particularly close attention to the first temptation. The reason being is every one of us at some point or other are going to have to face the fact what truly is important, particularly when the need is very significant up front appears as though your life depends on it. We already said that Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of lentils. Do you hear what I said? Because he didn't value what he had or who he is. And we're and we are as long as we hear. How should I rephrase that? And we are as long as we are here on this earth, we will be faced with that trade off. They may be, but maybe the taking of a job or a long desired relationship shouldn't be something you should be taking. But the question we need to ask ourselves is what is the cost? Esau repented, the Bible says, and sought it much with tears, and yet he found it not. We are allowing ourselves to be cheated at stuff and not realizing the cost of who we are and what we have already. Many of us are blind. The church is blind to who they are, what's already been put in the woman. You're blind to it. If you knew who you were today, if you knew the assignment that was on your life, you would regard it with more, with more, with more sincerity and with more passion. If you knew who you were, you, you would start dressing yourself because you understood, you understood the importance and the role that you have in this world. You would, you would treat your life a lot better. You would start treating this body with much more respect. You would care for it. You would dress it up. You'd put, you'd, you'd put a scented candle on it. Perfume, soap, take a bath, take a shower. Why? Because you're important. You start to get a revelation that you are something. That you do count. That you do matter. And you do matter. You need this world. It tastes good is what the devil wants you to say, wants you to think. You need this vacation, but doing so means you use the monies you were important that were importantly designated else place. You opt for one thinking that that you're going to dope yourself up a little bit to ignore what's truly important. I want you to notice one thing. It was Jesus who was full of the spirit when he did the word in fulfilling righteousness. But power came when Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and was resistant to temptation. Let me say this a different way. Obedience to the word is righteousness. Is righteousness comes the fullness of the spirit from responding to the spirit. Obedience and resistance to temptation brings about power. Do you hear what I said? Doing the word brings fulfillment. It fills you. Doing the word secures you and gives you peace of mind. Power comes when I resist the evil one. 
Jesus demonstrated. He, just, he demonstrated to you in our lives that the more we follow the presence of God, even when the temptation to follow and do your own personal will, power meets you. Your life becomes full of dunamis. Dunamis. You don't get power by doing what you want to do. You get power and, and, and doing the, you get fulfillment from doing the word. See, and that's where, where people don't feel fulfilled sometimes. Because they're not doing what they know to do. It's sort of like an unpaid bill. It's just sitting in the, it's just sitting there. You haven't addressed it and it's, it's not going away. I'm telling you, your life is not going away anytime soon. God, for until maybe Jesus comes tomorrow. But until then, it's not, any, it's not ending anytime soon. It could end tomorrow. But are you doing everything to make sure that you're in the fullness of it? Are you spending more time with the Holy Spirit? Are you doing the things that bring really true, bring fulfillment to your life? Where you're not feeling empty because of, because the only reason why you're not feeling empty is, or you're feeling empty is because you're not doing the word. You, you haven't prayed. You haven't worshiped. You haven't, you haven't loved the Lord with all your heart. You have not leaned onto your own. You, you continue to lean on your understanding. And in all your ways, you're not acknowledging him. But if you lean not unto your own understanding and trust in the Lord with all your heart, come on, there'll be fulfillment. But here's where the power comes. I'm going to saddle that donkey early in the morning. I'm going to, you know, the, the, the temptation, he got the word to do it. And now he's got this knife in his hand. He's staring over this boy and the angel intervenes. He says, don't do it. But the pride would say, no, God told me to do it. I'm going to do it anyway since he got, it's up to him. God brought me up here. Now I'm going to just, no, now he's, now he's tempting God. He's tempting God because now he's out of order. Now he wants to do what he wants to do. Because I want to see God do it. Well, then he would have lost, he would have lost his promise. One of the biggest killers to our faith is our own personal pride. You hear what I said? Pride. Pride is the biggest killer. First John 2 16 says this. For all in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving of sensual. I'm reading out of the Amplified. For all in the, the world, the lust of the flesh, the craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy, longing of the mind. The pride of life, assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the father, but are from the world itself. And the world passes away and disappears. And with it, the, for, the, for, the forbidden craving, the passions, the desires, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purpose in his life abides forever. You remain, it says remain forever, actually, in the Amplified. It says remains forever. If you want to notice one thing, it, it was Jesus who was full of the Spirit when he did the word in fulfilling righteous. Remember that. Power came. Let's re reiterate. Power comes when Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was resistant to temptation. That's where the power came. 
Verse 5 says, And the devil took him up in a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power, exosia, delegated influence, authority, jurisdiction, liberty, power, and right, and strength, will I give thee. I added those things because that's what that word means. All, all this power. What are you saying? All this authority was given to me. Where do you get it? Does anybody know where, where, where Satan got all this power from? Where do you get it? Who gave it to him? Adam. Adam gave him this power. And how did he get that power taken from him? He was sold a bill of goods. You eat this. Think about it. You eat this. You're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to have the power to know good and evil. You're going to have it. And did he get it? He got it. Did he understand what he what the, the what the exchange was? No, he did not understand the exchange. And too many people are missing out because they don't understand what it is they're giving up when they yield. When you yield, when you yield, when you talk to people, you know, you shouldn't be talking to. When you flirt with people, you shouldn't be flirting with. There are things that we ought not be flirting with. Well, we ought to, we're not just talking about girls or men. But flirting with situations that take us away. Playing with fire. Playing with fire only does one thing. All you have to look is in the clouds recently and past. And you know what happens when people play around. Fires. And it damages. And it hurts and it wounds. What was meant for good is now turned around and it creates evil. Frustration, harm, long lasting. And everybody breathes it. Everybody knows it's happening. And he says, will I give thee and the glory of them? For it was delivered unto me, and whomever I will give it, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. It is written. It is written should be in your mouth. It is written. It is written. It is written, I am the healed. It is written, I am the whole. It is written that my heart should be firmly planted and grounded in the things of God. I am firmly planted and rooted and grounded in the things of God. It is written. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As it is written. See, there, there's got to be almost kind of a, 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 a militant attitude towards demonic influence. I'm not going for this. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. So why is this a temptation to Jesus? Why is it? Well, for one, you and I know he's going to have to face the cross. I'm sure that seems like an easy out. But it's loaded. He knows it's loaded. It's a temptation. Man, if I could just grab this and I'll cheat him out of it. It seems like I'm going to cheat him out of it, but, but, but you're not cheating him. Here's the thing. People think they're, they're, they're going to pull a fast one on the enemy, but really what they're doing is pulling a fast one on themselves. They're, getting, they're cheating themselves. 
By playing the game that Satan uh, puts in front of you, you've already cheated yourself. And I'm sure in my own mind, I can, where was I? And I'm sure in our own mind, I can have this and it would appear though I've had everything to forgo the cross, but the serpent is more subtle than any serpent in the field. And at this time, we should know that whatever he offers, it's loaded. It's not, it's, it's not good. Again, selling to the buyer, all you're doing is you're shorting yourself in the merchandise, making it look like to the buyer that it has value and easy out, but it's not. Behind it always is the sorrow, hardship, and uncertainty. Sure, we'll sleep together. We're going to get married anyways. It's shortening your relationship. I won't tell the truth on my application. I'll exaggerate my, my qualifications. The dating website. Sure, this photo is old and highly edited. <laughs> Nothing built on it but a lie. Should surprise you that the collapse of the relationship. I thought if he got to knew me first, but you lied. He knows you already. She knows you already. Any relationship that begins with a lie will not survive right. unless it is built on the rock. That's right. Come on. Come on. Notice he said Satan had to take him to a scenic view in order to try and take him to a lower place. He took him up to see him, but his ultimate goal was to bring him to a lower place. Sure, it may seem like you're going up, but you're really going down. Anytime we, anytime we give up what we are settled for something lower, we will end up with an Ishmael. We can leave further behind and delay the plan or even worse forfeit what God has for us. And yet, like Abraham, we have on the inside of us a hidden treasure which yearns to be found. We already have authority from on high. So why take a cheap, why, why take a cheap route when you already have the first class on the inside? In verse 9, he says, And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle. Remember what we said. And he said unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. At this, at this first glance, we see this tendency to skim over, over it and wonder, I wonder what it means by this, tempt God. I would never tempt God. Well, for one, I don't know what, what that means. We don't ever are honest with ourselves. I don't understand that. We, we rush too quickly over things rather than ask God, what do, what do you mean by this? God never gets involved with people's pride. That's what he's saying. God's not going to get involved with my pride. Boy, and I think we, 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 pride is like uh, the pride of life. We're, we're humble, but we're proud. That, that'll undo you every time. This is particularly very important to those who may be prone to, to getting themselves wrapped up with it. If you're a show-off, you can't expect God, God won't show up or be involved because he hates it. Are you haughty? Proverbs 6, 16, 6, Chapter 6, 16 says this. 
These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. Notice, a proud look. Ooh, how many of you ever had a proud look on your face and didn't even know it? I'm going to be very honest with you. Pastor, sometimes he wants a new car. You know why he wants a new car? He wants to roll the seat down. He wants to hang his big watch at the side of the window. Dude, there's a Mexican in me. Don't look at me. I'm Mexican just as much as you guys are, man. We know, you know you like them big cars. Muscle cars. You want to put your watch out in the car and just do this. What's that? What are you saying? I'm cool. But, but on the flip side of that, negatively is, it's pride. Look at me. That's what pride does. It says, look at me. I'm cute. I'm cool. I'm elegant. Some say sophisticated. Come on. But notice one thing that when he says a proud look, the others that I'm about to read off with you go along with pride. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that is devilishly of wicked imagination, feet that swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. And for when he knows this, is, this, this pride is not walking in love, in fact, it's the opposite of it. It's the one thing that, can't, that can separate us from everything and everything that is important. Marriages, loved ones, family, children, friends. It can easily leave us alone and isolate us. After all, no one likes being around a beggar. Not even the, not even the, not, oh, sorry. After all, no one likes being around a bragger. Not even the bragger himself likes to hang out with people that brag. Did you just catch what I said? Even the bragger doesn't want to hang out with a bragger. Why? Because he's not, they're both are not the center of attention. I can't stand that guy. He's always talking about himself, says the person who's always talking about himself. So what's the solution to pride? What's the solution to it? I don't know why I'm a chance buzzer. It just seems like it's in me. I just got this pride. I got to show off. I mean, look. God gave me all this, and so I get a little, I get puffed up now and then. I go to Georgia, does a great job cutting my hair. I get all these compliments. I just feel like I'm fighting it all the time and dealing with this pride. Well, you know what? Pride, pride always tries to come in. Because we try to build up an image. Oh, look how sophisticated, how smart I am. Pride. Look at my cars. Look at all that I do. First Corinthians 13. This is Bible, folks. Who here is getting help this morning? We're going from glory to glory. Glory to glory. Not leaving the same way we came in. Being used of the master. Resisting temptation. I'm telling you, boy, that, 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 that right there just did so much for me. The whole resisting of temptation. The, the, to see that God was, Jesus was empowered after he resists temptation. Power comes through resistance of the wrong influences. 
So what's my influence now? Pastor, now I've got nothing left. <laughs> You've taken away my nice car. Now I'm insecure about my nice car. No, enjoy it. It's the Lord that gave it to you. Now if, you, now if you're using it in an inappropriate way, if you're using your nice car to trap women, maybe you need to rethink things. But if you're enjoying your car because it's helpful and it's a blessing to you and you and your wife get to drive together and get, go to breakfast in the mornings because the kids are gone and you're in. And, well, you know, it's, it's, it's nice because even though the girls are us, we can just get up and go. We don't, have to act, we don't have to tell them. We just get up and go. Where are you all going? Uh, we're, we're the mom and dad. You don't ask us where we're going. Where are you going? Matter of fact, we may go to breakfast. 20, 25 years of being married to her only leaves me with one, I don't even want to say a statement. Just makes me go, Arr. Matthew, I might have said Matthew. See what you did? You distracted me, woman. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I can speak with the tongue of men and even of angels, but have not the love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion as inspired by God's love for us, in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Even if I had the prophetic powers, the gifts of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and I understand all secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge and I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but not love, but have not love, God's love in me, I'm nothing, a useless nobody. Boy, that's strong. That's strong. You can have faith. To move mountains. Do you hear what I said? In other words, you're so wrapped up in what you can do. You're so full of pride. But you forgot the first element, which is love. So what about, what's my solution? What's the solution to pride? Love. What's the solution to sin? Love. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Value the the, the, the precious resource, the commodity called the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Right. Treating it with value. Yes. Loving the vessel. Loving the vessel that, where that Holy Spirit resides. Resisting temptation. No longer succumbing to the same old tricks of the enemy. There's Bridget. She's going to call you again. I can answer it. No, I'm not going to answer it. No, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not answering that call. I'm resisting that. I'm resisting because every time I know, I know what's going to happen if I answer. I know just even listening, I know. I'm not going to even listen to the voice, a voice message left. Because I'm not yielding to temptation. I am a useless nobody. 
even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned, or in order that I may glory. Notice that I may glory. See how much I sacrificed for you? See what all I've done for the kids? I sacrificed for you. I could have bought myself some nail polish, but I didn't. Because I sacrificed for you, the kids, the family. You've got to be sure you're not a false martyr. Don't you know all I do? I fix the car, I mow the lawn. I, I go and do all these things, and you don't even, you don't even say thank you? Pride. False pride. Self, uh, false martyrdom. And then you both are starting to get divided. Not realizing the division is putting you in a position. All based on your personal pride of what you did. That that other person doesn't notice. That's what happens when we, we, we get out of order. We're no longer pleasing God. We're, 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 we're trying to please someone else. Your, your fulfillment will never go from pleasing others. You have to fulfill him. You have to have a, a life committed to him. You need to please him first. Him first. Say that out loud. Say him first. And my life changes everything. If I'm trying to please her, I'm out of order. She's trying to please me. She's out of order. But when we please him, it changes the world. It changes. It changes your world. I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Again, this this is the solution. This is the solution to your pride. This is the solution to your sin. At the root of all sin is pride. Hear what I said? The root of all sin is pride. It's haughty. It's haughty. It wants to, it wants to gloat. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love, love is envious and nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful. It's, it's not vainglorious. Does not display itself, in, itself haughtily. It's not... Conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude. Notice what it says. It's not rude. People who are haughty. Rude. Like, so you see someone, they're like, look at, look, you look at them up and down. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wore that. Rude. Yep, still sweet. <laughs> Thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. Haughty. Pride. Haughty. Pride. Who did you get dressed up for today? Did you get dressed up for pastor or did you get dressed up for the Lord? Hopefully you did it for the Lord. Hopefully you do it for everything that is to him. Your home is his. Your car is his. You start taking that out of you. Everything is his. You'll, you'll, start taking care, you'll start taking care of life a lot better. Because it's his. And you, and you start getting rid of the pride and looking down on others. But, well, they're not, as, they're not as churchy as me. I'm better than them. 
You know, back in the day, I, I remember there was this, these, these group of, um, back, this was years, we're talking years ago, but you'd have these certain people in certain churches, they were the elite group, and they made everybody feel like the, the, other, the other girls were less than. We're, we're the most sophisticated spiritual girls. We won't talk to you. <laughs> Am I right? And guess what? It stunk. It stunk. I mean, now and then you'll run into people like that. And you're just like, I don't like it. You know one the number one reason why I fell in love with Pastor Melina? This, this, is, this, was my, she, this was my telltale sign that I was with the right woman. We were at Portable College. We were sitting at a bench. She was sitting, I don't know if she was sitting at a bench or what was going on, but there was a guy who, was, who had cognitive issues and, uh, and certain delays, and he knew her from church. Well, growing up, I've known girls that were exceptionally good looking, but a, a guy like that going talking to her, to her or to them, be like, oh my gosh, that is so embarrassing. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you were talking, can you believe that? Because girls talk like that back in the days. Can you believe it? And I was like, oh my gosh, I would never talk like that ever. <laughs> Talking that way was very faddish. It treated people like that, like, oh my gosh. Like, gag me with a fart, a spoon. So gross. He came and talked to me. Your pastor wasn't like that. I saw her. He came, hey, Melina. How are you? He goes, I'm, how are you doing? She called him by his name. How, how, how haven't seen you. How, how have you been doing? You doing well? He goes, oh, I'm doing good. She wasn't rude. She was kind. She showed, she showed a mutual respect. And I saw, I saw a little halo over her head. <laughs> I did. I, I, she just seemed to glow to me. And I was like, that is woman. She mine. So I did anything. I did the next thing natural that any man would do. I grabbed a club, hit her over the head, and took her home. <laughs> It was a natural process for me. She didn't know what happened. If she would have told you, she goes, I don't know, I never would have seen myself married to Marcus. That's because I clubbed her. <laughs> Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor, that I surrender my body in my glory, but I have not the love of God, I gain you. There's, you, there's nothing gained. Love endures long and is patient, kind. Love envies nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful, it's not vain, does not save itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude or unmanly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist in its own rights or its own ways. For if it is not, it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy, it is not fretful, it is not resentful, it takes no account of evil done to it. Boy, I'll tell you that right there. No, no account of it. No account. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you that. that you start putting it, that calculator away. Because yeah. you've got to think about it. In the natural, your natural mind, many folks, they got calculators. They got, they, got a, they got it on the refrigerator. Check. You've done me wrong, buddy. <laughs> you got a check mark. You used to have a gold star, but I took that gold star off. See, this is what happens when you live with a school teacher. 
There's a gold star there one minute, and the next minute it's gone. One minute you're getting M&Ms because you did good that day. And you're allowed to run on the playground. And no, men, recess is not every day. And if you're lucky, maybe you get to do crafts. Pays no attention. It does not rejoice at iniquity, yeah. injustice, or unrighteousness, but, enjo- but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It rejoices at the right things. Yeah. It's happy at other people's ex- ex- success. Yeah, right. I said it's happy at other people's success. Right. It doesn't get upset because someone else got something that it didn't get. You'll get what you get and deserve when you when you continue to do work hard, be the person that God called you to be. And I mean work hard. I don't mean by natural work. When we're we're just where we're hard at. How should I say? Maybe it's a better rephrasing. Where we are challenging ourselves to do the word more on a daily basis. I'm challenging myself. It doesn't feel easy sometimes when you're doing the word. Sometimes it doesn't feel easy when you're facing temptation. Hey, you got to face Temptation Island. It is. Because you you know why it's called Temptation Island? Because you feel like you're isolated. You feel like you're by yourself. And the reality is you are not by yourself. The reality is Jesus was never alone. He was never alone. He had the greater, he was, the Bible says he was full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. And how do we stay full? How do we stay full? Well, we pray in tongues always. See, I think that's where we get in trouble as believers. We think because we prayed once in tongues that we're full. No. Uh, Praying once doesn't mean you're full. It just means you have the ability to fill up. It means you have the ability to fill up. Staying full is I'm just speaking in tongues, but I'm second and most, but first and more importantly, I'm doing the word. I'm doing the word. I'm obeying the word. And the power comes when I've learned to resist the evil one. Boy, I tell you, that just helped me. That'll help some of you girls going into high school, boys going to high school. Well, we got some good looking kids in here. I get concerned. I'm, 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 like, I'm like you, mom and dad. I'm like a rattlesnake. <laughs> I'm watching you. Yeah. I do. I watch over my girls like a rattlesnake. I watch over my wife like a rattlesnake. If any man looks at her wrong. <laughs> I'll stand behind her. 16-year-old boy checking out my wife. What you looking at, boy? She's old enough to be your mom. She's a holy woman. You see, the, the greatest victory you and I will have is the one where we decide that temptation is not going to be something that we succumb to every time. That we, that we can master it. We can master it. Mastering is, is your job. Mastery 
of temptation, mastery of your faith walk, mastery of your love walk, and being all that God has called you to be.